Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bull Take Scouting Podcast. Now, this in the American sports world, this time of the year is known for March Madness in college basketball. But, you know, there's been some madness in March this year in the NFL world. A flurry of moves in free agency, quarterbacks going around the league, and there's been a really big spend, spender more than anyone else, and that's been none other than the team that holds the first overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So in this segment, we're going to be breaking down some of the reports and rumors that we've heard around the NFL, weaving that into some of the biggest talking points across the draft order. And let's start with the Jaguars at the very top. It seems like there's been no consensus on what they're doing at first overall. Before there's a free agent spending spree, which we'll get into this week, there were some analysts like Daniel Jeremiah, Peter King, Charlie Campbell that were saying, you know, we think it's Hutchinson. While others, Lance Zerline and Dane Brugler specifically, were pushing back and saying, and the feeling we're getting, having spent a week in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine, is that it's Equanu. So, coming out of all this, hearing the conflicting rumors, seeing what they did in free agency, Alex, what do you think right now the, the Jaguars' plan at number one is? I, to me, all signs really point to Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I think just because you mentioned all the moves they made uh, in free agency, you know, everything was about building up that offense. Uh, they brought in a few pieces along on the defense, but no, no big. Uh, money spent on the defense, and like you said, they tagged Ken Robinson. Uh, they brought in, you know, Brandon Scherf. So that's really shoring up that offensive line or keeping guys that they should have kept. Um, so to me, I find it hard to believe that you're gonna tag your left tackle, bring in a left guard, and then go first overall, um, taking a tackle and have him play right side. Um, but the the thing to remember, uh, because this is the Jaguars, with Doug Peterson as a head coach now, the Eagles drafted Lane Johnson, I want to say fourth or fifth fourth. overall, fourth, and they played him at, you know, right tackle, and they kept him there, and they had Jason Peters at left tackle uh, throughout the duration of Doug Peterson's tenure there. So, you know, I think they go Aiden Hutchinson just because of what they've done in free agency and the rumors that we've been hearing as well, but definitely don't count out a guy like Icky or Evan Neal uh, first overall. You know, I, I wouldn't be mad as a, a Jacksonville Jaguars fan if they went right tackle. You know, I'd prefer Neil to Aquonu because just because he's my number one tackle. But I think it's more than just value. You look at who they have on the other side and Walker Little was a really puzzling prospect coming out. But he had a solid rookie year and it's looking like he's a reliable bookend for the next few years. And so now that you you've tagged Cam Robinson, I don't think they're tagging him just to have him under contract one year. He's part of the long-term plan as their left tackle of the future. Brandon Sheriff, great signing, is in there to solidify that left side of the line for Trevor Lawrence. On the right side, you're you're probably looking at Walker Little. I, I don't think that the plan is tackle first overall. Just from seeing the, the, the both the move of tagging Robinson and signing Sheriff, I don't think that's the plan. We saw them really make a, a big effort to address the offensive free agency, I think so that they can spend their most valuable pick first overall on the defensive side and go with Hutchinson. I think that's the right decision. To me, he's, I, I'm going to say player one because he's going to be the number one player on my big board. I would have Thibodeau ahead of him if it wasn't for some of the off-field stuff that we've been hearing, but just such a safe pick. And I don't think you can go wrong. And as long as you're helping out Lawrence in free agency, I think it's okay to use that pick. Now, we could discuss about whether or not we think those moves are going to help Lawrence that much. They allocated so much money to uh, upgrading his receiving core. And, you know, if you're, you're looking at Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Engram as your top targets now that you're spending so much money on, 
is that even an above average NFL receiving core? I'm not sure, but the the point is they've really solidified that offensive line. That's definitely should have been priority number one, where I think they're in a position that, where they're targeting Hutchins. Yeah, last thing to bring up about the Jaguars. I, I heard some reports that, you know, they, they like a lot of the wide receivers. They could end up getting a 33. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I still wouldn't be shocked if they want wide receiver. Um, Even after to, the spending spree? Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, they're bringing a guy like, <clears throat> you know, Christian Kirk to be potentially their wide receiver one. Um, I don't think that's a great move, uh, especially with the amount of money they're paying him. Bringing in Evan Ingram to be a tight end. I still don't feel like they have a, a big play wide receiver. Um, obviously, LaVisca Chenault is a guy that we liked with the ball in his hands in the draft coming out, but there have been rumors that they're trying to shop him, especially if they end up do trading LaVisca Chenault. I would not be surprised to still see them take a wide receiver, you know, at the top of the second round. Yeah, this is this is purely gut instinct. I haven't heard any report about this, but George Pickens, I think, would would not surprise me at all there. It's big bodied, like you said, complementary to the other two guys that they they signed in Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. So I, I'd say look out for that. Also, you know, maybe if they don't go wide receiver in, in round two, maybe a guy top of round three, maybe if they end up trading LaVisca Chenault and get a, a later third round pick, maybe look out for a guy like Justin Ross. Uh, yeah, that's again, true. Again, no rumors about this, but that wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. Um, they they brought in Travis Etienne. That was uh, Trevor Lawrence's teammate at Clemson. Justin Ross, another one of his teammates. Trevor Lawrence and Ross had a great season together, both of their freshman seasons. So, you know, if Ross is there, you know, somewhere in round three, uh, depending on how all, all his medicals and stuff check out, I would not be shocked to see him taken by the Jaguars. Hey, he could even slide to day three. He could be available there for them. I think now we can look into where do the quarterbacks slot in in the, in the draft order because this has been giving me a, a little bit of a headache. I think we're going to see three quarterbacks going round one be just because I think Pickett, Willis, and Corral are worth round one picks. We've been knocking this quarterback class, but they're first-round talents, and I'm really not sure where. I mean, if you look at where quarterbacks could go, I think the Lions are more likely to go quarterback at 32 than they are at two. I think two is just really high and 32 you'd think it'd be maybe a wild card like Desmond Ritter so where do the that group where does that group of three go before then the Giants sounds like they're not going quarterback the Panthers also the feeling is that they're not going quarterbacks the Falcons the feeling was also always that they're confident in Matt Ryan right now but we've seen them jump in to the Watson sweepstakes so you know maybe they're they're not that sold on Ryan could they emerge as a potential uh, candidate to take the first quarterback off the board yeah, I mean, starting off with the Falcons, I think, you know, with what we've been hearing with Watson, you know, if those rumors are true, and I'm pretty sure they said that they've already met with them. Yeah. Um, so I would assume they are true. I, I think it, it's kind of hard to get a feel on if they're doing their due diligence with Watson because, you know, he could potentially be uh, their starter for the next 10 to 15 years, and he was a Georgia native. Um so, you know, he's on the trade block. Matt Ryan's towards the ends of his career. We got to do our due diligence. Or are they looking to upgrade and move on from Matt Ryan? I, I would oh God. I would argue that they're probably doing their due diligence. You know, Arthur Smith has been behind Matt Ryan all of last season and going in uh, to this season as well. But, I mean, if a guy like Deshaun Watson comes up and is available for trade, I think every team that doesn't have, you know, a rookie second-year quarterback or a true franchise quarterback, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, 
uh, I would do my due diligence on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I think this could be more them just knowing how good Deshaun Watson is rather than them looking for an upgrade at quarterback and not trusting Matt Ryan to, to play well the next few years. I, 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 so following that train of thought, I don't think if they miss out on Watson, they'll be going quarterback. And so that leads us outside of the top 10. If the Seahawks also pass on a quarterback, you know, the, the whole idea there being that Pete Carroll is 70 years old. I, he probably doesn't want to do and be involved in a full rebuild and, and groom a, a new young quarterback. So that would lead us outside the top 10 where really the only remaining teams before the Lions at 32 that I can even really think of the Saints at 18 who are considered the favorites for Deshaun Watson and the Steelers at 20 who just signed Mitch Trubisky. But if I had to pick one team in the entire draft order that will pick a quarterback, I'm going to go with the Steelers. I, I don't think Trubisky is, is the long-term answer there. I think there's just someone that they think is worth a shot and they are, aware of how good that roster is they don't want to spend next year missing the playoffs so if even if they're going to pick someone that they very much like maybe it's Malik Willis sliding to number 20 he's more of a project they can insert Trubisky he everyone says that he had a great learning experience in Buffalo mm-hmm. under Sean McDermott under Brian Dable watching Josh Allen play could lead to more success in 2021 before inserting the quarterback that they draft, or I'm sorry, in 2022, before inserting the quarterback that they draft this year. But then you get to the Lions at 32, and and have we found three teams for these three guys to go? Uh, I mean, I'm not really sure how I feel about the Lions at 32. Uh, just, again, they have Jared Goff under contract. It, w- it would make sense for them to take a quarterback at 32 if it's a guy they like. Um, I'm just not sure how much you know they're going to like any of these quarterbacks, especially a guy that would be available at 32. I want to backtrack to the Seahawks for a second because we've heard they like both Matt Corral and Malik Willis um, from, you know, conflicting reports. So, you know, do do we think they go quarterback at all at nine? Do we think they, you know, maybe shore up the offensive line? What, what, what's your feel on what the, the Seahawks do at number nine right now? I just – it's hard for me to see them going quarterback. If Pete Carroll knew – that Russell Wilson had one foot out the door when the 2021 season ended and he didn't want a complete rebuild. Maybe then he would have retired, but I'm still inclined to think that he isn't going to take a rookie quarterback, especially one that isn't the caliber of Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, et cetera, is going to spend the time and the years, especially where he is in his career to develop that player at the same time though, I don't know if they have a better alternative. I've I've heard people say, you know, they they like Drew Locke better than people think, but it, is is Drew Locke going to win a Super Bowl with you? No. So you might as well rebuild at that point. I'm just I'm not even sure they really have a clear direction there where they might get caught in the in between of passing on a quarterback at nine without even having a quarterback that can that they can be a contenders with. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Uh, Pete Carroll's the one that kind of muddies the situation. If Pete Carroll was 15 years younger, I would be, you know, sh- strongly thinking that they would probably end up going quarterback at nine. Um, but because he is, you know, 71, I, he's probably towards the end of his tenure as a head coach. And we've talked about this before, but it's really hard to get a feel on what the Seahawks could do. We've heard they like two of the quarterbacks. We've also heard they might not go quarterback at all. Um, but I, I think Washington is definitely a, a team to keep an eye out for. I've heard that I've heard I've heard that they still might go quarterback even though they brought in Carson Wentz. It's kind of like 
you know, they have Carson Wentz as a almost like a insurance option if they can't get another quarterback. It's an expensive I, I, insurance option. They're, I mean, we know that Washington is doing whatever they can uh, to get that quarterback. We saw when they missed out on Russell Wilson, they kind of pivoted to Carson Wentz. To me, it kind of seemed like a, uh, a reactionary uh, events. I feel like they kind of went all in on Russell Wilson. They thought, you know, probably no one else is going to offer three first-round picks for Russell Wilson. Um, and then obviously we heard the Seahawks shut them down. It seemed to me like they immediately, you know, pivoted and said, all right, we'll take Carson Wentz. But I still have heard some conversation that just because they have Carson Wentz, don't be shocked if they go quarterback. Um, so I think Seahawks are a possibility. Like we just said, I think Washington could be a possibility. I think the the two guys, the two teams that we can really um, be almost pretty sure they'll go quarterback if there's one there is the Saints at 18 and the Steelers at 20. So I think minimum two quarterbacks, and I'm sure there'll be a third somewhere that fits in. So three quarterbacks in the first round makes makes a lot of sense to me. So I think if we were to come to some kind of consensus, and it's pretty difficult, first one off the board, 18 to the Saints, second one off the board, 20 to the Steelers, and then you know either the Lions at 32, maybe someone trades back into the first round. The guy they like is still there. Get the fifth-year option, and that's a third quarterback off the board. But I think if you're if you're any of these top quarterbacks, you're not that pleased with some of the developments around the league last year, the last few weeks, especially with a team like Washington that it seemed like we pigeonholed a quarterback to them. And now, even though you think that it's still possible, I think it's still more likely than not that they roll with Carson Wentz and don't draft a quarterback at 11. Yeah, I think definitely 18 and 20. If you're going to bet money, uh, I would say. Don't don't bet on a quarterback going higher than 18. It definitely could happen, but uh, I'd say, you know, maybe a 50-50 shot. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say 50-50 is about accurate. And I think that can lead us to what's Washington's plan now at 11 because this whole draft process. And, I mean, I know it's only mid-March, but we've been diving into the draft order for two months now. And each time we're looking at making a mock draft or any kind of projection, it's been quarterback at 11 to Washington that where we haven't really considered the alternatives. So let's say that they're rolling with Wentz. Where do you think that they're going at 11? Uh, I I think shoring up that offensive line, especially um, with the departure of Brandon Scherf, I think that would make a lot of sense going an interior guy. Uh, I heard Kenyon Green connected there early on in the process. It seems like he's really fallen out of the first round conversation with a, a pretty subpar uh, combine workout. And maybe, you know, the draft media was higher on him than most NFL teams were. Um, I could really see them going for a wide receiver. I know they have Terry McLaurin, um, but I, I think maybe a guy like Garrett Wilson would, you know, be a nice pairing. I think maybe a guy like Jalen Burks, we might like him a little bit higher than most NFL teams, but. I think we'll get to it. There are some NFL teams that do value Traylon Burks highly, even after uh, his combine workout. I think so a wide receiver or maybe an interior offensive lineman for Washington uh, at 11. I think what's interesting here is their biggest needs are, are at positions where I find value at 11, but where it sounds like the NFL doesn't. Now, interior offensive line is an example there where I would be perfectly fine drafting Kenyon Green 11th overall. I think that's where his value resides. I, I love his tape. I think he's just really well-rounded, really experienced, really versatile, but sounds like the NFL is lower on him. I think that linebacker is also a, a big need. Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean are two players that I find worthy of the 11th overall pick, but sounds like they're going to be sliding into the 20s. So, you know, that maybe that brings you 
outside of those two positions, then the wide receiver doesn't make sense. I would be going a bigger body receiver to pair with the, the, the quicker, better route runner and Terry McLaurin. I'd be looking at maybe Traylon Burks, maybe Drake London, but I've heard Garrett Wilson connected to them specifically by NFL Network's reliable reporter, Lance Zerline. And so if I were to, if I were to have to pick one prospect right now, I would go with uh, Wilson. Another name that I've heard connected to them through uh, McShay and Kuiper from ESPN is Derek Stingley. So I think that would, that would be an interesting landing spot there. And those are position of need. And we, we know the upside that he possesses. Yeah, totally. I think, you know, Stingley's kind of an interesting case. Uh, I think I, I heard, I can't remember exactly who it was from uh, right off the top of my head, but I heard that, you know, maybe don't see, uh, don't be surprised if he's closer to 20 than 10 when it, when it comes around to, uh, to April. And I think that really comes down to the question marks regarding his injury concerns and a lot of NFL teams feel as if his play really fell off from 2019 to 2020 and 2021. Uh, I kind of push back against that. I don't think it fell off immensely. I think his 2019 tape is obviously the best of his three years, um, but he was dealing with some injuries, and I still think he played at a very, very high level, uh, at least in 2020. So, you know, maybe some rumors that Stingley might fall a little bit into the to the later or the second half of round one. Um, but, you know, whichever team takes him is going to get some great value. Yeah, the narrative that Derek Stingley's 2020 tape was poor is 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 crap, in my opinion. I, I really like this tape. I still think he was a top 10 player on tape. I think it's more the injuries since then that, that are really hurting him I, on that same line. I think that the same narrative that Thibodeau didn't play well in 2022 is is really not not the truth. I think it's just that we were expecting another level of dominance from him but now let's dive into a report that you know you can question the validity of it but i think the hypothetical is really interesting and that's from you stadium so not not a, a, a specific name of a specific reporter but they have given specific reports in the past that have had some success in being uh close to reality when it comes to draft weekend and they released that the jets top four on their big board is in order aiden hutchinson ikia kwonu Kayvon Thibodeau, and Sauce Gardner. Now, yes, I, I already know and I've already addressed it. This might not be true. And especially, it's especially weird for, for you stadium to just have the top four of the Jets' draft board. But, but let's take it as a hypothetical. If this indeed were the case, who do you think it is that gets to them at fourth overall? Who's the best player on their board when they pick? I think Thibodeau definitely makes it uh, there. I think, you know, there's a chance Iki Iquanu makes it there. Uh, especially, you know, he we're not thinking he goes one now. We think Aiden Hutchinson goes one. So that knocks off uh, the Jets, you know, first overall um, <clears throat> player. I, I have a feeling that, you know, Icky might potentially get there. Um, just, you know, I, I don't think the Lions go um, with, a, with an offensive lineman just because they've invested so much recently and they have two really good tackles. Um, you know, the Texans are really a wild card. The Texans could, you know, really do anything at three. So, you know, I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if they took Icky. Um, I know they have Laramie Tunsil, but you can, we, we've seen, you can have, never have two or two really good offensive tackles is not a bad thing to have, um, in the NFL. So I think Thibodeau's the third player on their board. I would probably bet my money right now that Assuming this U Stadium report is correct, Thibodeau 
you know, will be the pick at three at four. Uh, there was also a report from Rich Samini that said the Jets would have a really hard time passing up Kayvon Thibodeau if he fell to them at four. So, you know, if, if I was putting my money on it, I'd say Thibodeau at three. If if all three of those guys, or sorry, at four, if all three of those guys, Hutchinson, Icky, and Thibodeau, um, go, I honestly. I might be a little shocked to see a cornerback go four. I think, you know, Sauce is, a, I'd say, a, a top six player in the draft. I haven't put my full big board together, but I, I think that might be a little bit high for a corner. But as a Jets fan, I wouldn't really be mad. I, I love Sauce's tape. I love his play. They've been looking for a shutdown corner, you know, since Revis left. So I wouldn't be surprised with Thibodeau or Sauce at four with the Jets. Man, if I was a Jets fan, I would sign up for Sauce actually right now. I, I, he's he's going to be a lockdown corner in the NFL. He's as safe of a prospect as it gets. Highly experienced. Great performance through several years of tape. You question the competition, turn on the tape against Alabama in the college football playoff. Now, getting back to the question itself, I think Ikuanu will be the one that's there. You're right. He could get picked with the Texans. My my little issue with that is that Titus Howard has struggled more at guard than he has at tackle. And if they were to pick a Quonu, they'd be looking at either to slide Howard into a position where he's worse at, which obviously makes the offensive line worse, or keep Titus Howard at right tackle opposite Laramie Tunzel, and you're putting a Quonu at guard. Are you picking a player that you're going to play at guard third overall? Probably not. So we'll see what they do. I think uh, Trevon Walker could be the, the guy for the Texans. Kyle Hamilton could be the guy for the Texans. Really seem like Patriot type players. And we know there's a strong Patriot contingency down there. So, you know, maybe the Jets go Okonu or if he's off the board, Thibodeau might not have the big slide that now it seems like the, the media is pushing that he will. Yeah, I agree. Maybe we can talk about the Jets at 10 a little bit. Obviously, they have two top 10 picks. You know, assuming they go you know, either offensive line or defense with that, uh, with the fourth overall pick, you know, you'd assume they'd have to pick a guy that could help out Zach Wilson in the passing game. Um, you know, we've heard that they like two wide receivers. Uh, Tony Pauling reported that Traylon Burks was their number one uh, wide receiver uh, since the senior bowl. And, you know, Traylon Burks kind of struggled uh, in his combine workout, um, especially with his 40. At his pro day, he reportedly looked really good on the field. He chose not to run a 40. Um, so, you know, th- those reports kind of came out before Burks's little issues at the combine and such. Do you think they could still go Burks at 10, or maybe we're looking at Drake London now as the wide receiver to go 10 for the Jets? You know, if they, if they stick at 10, I don't think they, they go wide receiver. I think if Penning fell to them, I've, I've, we've heard that he's seen as a top 10 talent in, in, in the NFL. I don't agree with it, but we, and we've sp- heard specific connections between the Jets and Penning sp- uh, from Tony Pauline. But, you know, he might, he might be gone by then. And I know Dayton Brugler said that he'd be surprised if he's not a top seven pick. So wide receiver could be a trade back scenario for the Jets, in my opinion. <laughs> um, so now we move on to the other New York team. Uh, I think there have been – you know, a lot of reports coming out with both the Jets and the Giants, probably because they both have two top 10 picks. The Giants have picks five and seven. What are some reports you're hearing about the Giants and where could they go with picks five and pick seven? Well, I've heard from Jordan Ronan, who is one of their uh, beat reporters and has been you know, a little up and down in the past, but he covers solely the Giants. Um, he, and he's been saying that Trevon Walker is very much in the conversation for the Giants. So I think if Walker's on the board at five, I think he's going to be the pick for the Giants. And then maybe at seven, they go offensive tackle. 
it, there's a possibility that either at five or seven, Evan Neal sides them. Otherwise, maybe Penning, maybe Cross. But I mean, just talking about this, it's a, it would be really interesting to see Neal and Walker both on the board at five, see where they go. Do they go Neal thinking that Carolina will then pick the next best tackle and then they would be able to get Walker at seven? Or, or do you think that they'd go Walker because, as we've heard, they're just so enamored with him? I mean, it's really <laughs> tough. I, I think it would be – it seems kind of wild to hear that Neil would fall past five. You know, he was the betting favorite for a while to go number one overall. I think he's, you know, in this draft class that lacks top overall talent, I think he he's worthy of consideration um, at first overall, he's, you know, the top tackle on my board um, and he has a top 10 grade and I, it, it's really tough. We've heard that the Giants love Trayvon Walker. Um, like you said, I feel like it would be hard for them to pass up Evan Neal though. I, I just think that, you know, Trayvon Walker might be really high on their board, but I think when those reports came out about Walker, they weren't expecting Evan Neal to fall. But if you really think about it, it seems like a guy like either Icky or Evan Neal will be there at five um, because it doesn't seem like the Jets will pick Neal. It seems like they'll get one of, you know, Icky, um, Sauce, or uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, and we're assuming Hutchinson goes one, the Texans don't go tackle, the Lions don't go tackle, or if the Texans – we're assuming the Lions don't go tackle and the Jags don't go tackle, you know, the Jets won't take Neal – um, and so that pretty much leaves Neil to the Giants at five. Uh, and that's definitely an interesting conversation for the Giants if both Walker and Neil are there. I think the best thing that can happen to the Giants is Trevon Walker's not on the board. Oh, I, totally. I, I, think, I think that we, we've heard how much the NFL likes Trevon Walker. I don't see him as a top 10 talent. Let's say he goes off the board, maybe third overall to the Texans. Neil's there at five. They pick Neil at five. Coming back at seven, they get their edge rusher, Jermaine Johnson. You, they've won the draft. They've won the first round before we've even hit the eighth pick. Well, well, let's let's scare Giants fans a little bit. We've heard that. Uh, we've heard, you know, they're they're in love with Trayvon Walker. We've also heard that it, you know, would be surprising if Trevor Penning gets past seven. Could the Giants really go Trayvon Walker and Trevor Penning at five and seven, respectively? They could, and you know, they could go well. There's a lot of both those players have so much potential, and there's just too much projection involved. They're they're not safe bets. I could see it happening. I also think Carolina could be picking Trevor Penning at number six, though. So, well, I think I would think they'd take Neil over Penning, assuming assuming that the Giants took Walker over Neil. I would say Neil goes six, and then Penning's there at seven for the Giants. It, it is quite possible. I, I think that the, the offensive tackle edge rusher pairing is quite likely in one direction or another for the Giants, and I'll be really interested to hear throughout the rest of the process how do they rank those guys? Because both of the, I think both of those position groups are going to be graded very differently around the league. Yeah, and I think now we can move on to the last topic with the last few minutes that we have. Uh, Tom Brady returned to the Bucks. Um, Brady's back. Brady's back. So, what do the Bucks now do? Uh, you know, with their first round pick towards the end, obviously they won't go quarterback. Um, that was maybe a thought by by some uh, people in the media. So, what do you think the Bucks do? Well, I mean, your quarterback is 44 years old. His his great way of getting or of managing pressure in the pocket is by climbing the pocket. You need to be protecting protecting him just as well in the interior as you have the last couple of years. 
Ryan Jensen, the center, is back, but their other two starting guards will be gone. Ali Marpet has retired, and Alex Kappa has signed with the Bengals. They've just acquired Shaq Mason via trade from the Patriots, so I think he plugs into one guard spot. But I think that they're going to be going guard with the other spot. They know the importance of, of shoring up that interior offensive line, making sure it's solid for Tom Brady. And I think there's going to be good guard value where they pick at 24. Kenyon Green and Zion Johnson would both be good values. And if for what it's worth, Tony Pauline has said it, that they, the Bucks really like Zion Johnson. So I think that it's it's hard to project picks in the 20s just because there's there's so many uh, scenarios of who could be available and so many directions in which these teams could go. But the Bucks going guard, I, I think, is not, maybe not a safe bet, but highly realistic. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they they lost both of their guards to retirement or free agency. They brought in, you know, a guy that protected Tom Brady in New England and Shaq Mason. But I think, you know, protecting Tom Brady has to be the number one priority. They have a very good defense. They have great, you know, uh, wide receivers, have a solid running game, and, you know, probably could bring in Gronk back as another tight end. So I think grabbing a guard that could start day one for them would be a would make a lot of sense. And they valued offensive line in the past. Before we end, um, I, I just saw um, Diana Rossini from ESPN reported that the Texans have approved, approved trade packages from the Saints, the Panthers, and the Browns for Deshaun Watson. So, you know, it's up to Deshaun Watson now to pick which team he wants to go to. Where do you think he goes just hearing that right now? Not not the Panthers. I, I think they're they're too far from being championship contenders. I say it's between the Saints and the Browns. I now that the Browns, it's we've been hearing that the leader in the clubhouse is the Saints. Now that the Browns have a trade package approved, if this report is true, that 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 I think is the best supporting cast for Watson. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns ended up pulling this off. That would be a shocker. I, I let I, me tell you, that would be an absolute shocker. But it would make the Cleveland Browns a very good team. I would be stunned if that happens. Uh, my my only thing with him going to the Browns, I, I think, like you said, it makes a lot of sense. They have probably the most talented team out of the three. Um, he's playing in a tough division uh, in the AFC North. You have the Ravens. You have the Bengals. The Steelers don't have a quarterback right now, but they do have a lot of other talent. And, you know, they've shown the ability to get very good quarterbacks in there. Um, so I think it'd be a really tough division to play in. Uh, he's played pretty much in warm weather his whole life as well between being at Clemson uh, and at Houston. I tend to think that he might go with the Saints. Uh, they also have a good roster, and I think that the NFC South is pretty wide open after Tom Brady retires um, because you have the Falcons that you know seem like they're probably they're in this weird phase of maybe rebuilding, maybe not. The Panthers, who knows what's going on? They could clear house at, you know, head coach, um, GM. So I think the Saints would make a lot of sense. Maybe they have slightly worse roster than the Browns, but I think the division they're in and the potential to get to the playoffs is probably easier with the Saints um, than it is with the Browns. Yeah, I, I would also add that Deshaun Watson's a winner. He's known winning his whole life. At, at Clemson, he, he's one of the winning winningest uh, quarterbacks in college football. The Saints are a team that have had a great record in the last 20 years. I know – that Drew Brees was there and isn't there anymore, obviously. But when you just compare the, the winning culture between New Orleans and Cleveland and the, the type of, of player with the type of record that Deshaun Watson has been in his career, especially before the NFL, 
I wouldn't be surprised if indeed he he opted for New Orleans. It's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. I think that a trade could really be imminent with Watson. Yeah, I mean, if, if this report from Rossini is true, I I imagine that, you know, Watson will probably make his decision tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if the Texans have approved trade packages from all three of these teams, it's up to Watson. There's no reason for Watson to sit and wait anymore. He wants to make his pick so he can recruit some players in free agency. So I think the Browns and the Saints are probably the two leaders in the clubhouse uh, with the Panthers as probably a pretty far off third. Yeah, that's a good point that if he's going to – if he's going to make this decision, he should make it quick so that whatever team uh, he's going to be playing for can attract better free agents throughout the, the rest of this week. And I think that wraps it up for the Bull Take Scouting podcast this week. We'll actually be back tomorrow, or I will be, as I will be interviewing Coastal Carolina defensive tackle and 2022 NFL draft prospect CJ Brewer at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure to tune back in less than 24 hours from now. It's going to be a, a fun talk with him, and I'll be excited to see you guys then. All right, guys, make sure to come back tomorrow, like Costa said. Thanks, everyone, for watching and listening, and you'll see Costa again tomorrow.